Welcome to Business is Good, the podcast all about what it means to be in business in the 21st century. Small and medium-sized businesses are the lifeblood of the UK economy, and globally they can and will have a huge impact on society, the economy and how we live our lives. From technology disruption to reworking a solution to solve the world's biggest problem, Business is Good is a podcast about what it takes to be successful and how every business defines that in different ways. Business is no longer just about being defined by what you do, but it's about giving back and redefining the problems and how we solve them in a way that works for you. I'm your host, Caroline Sumners, and I'll be giving you weekly inspirational stories from business owners who are building business and solving problems. This week on Business is Good, I'm talking to Heidi Strickland-Clark, who runs the Fast Track Fit Camp based in Wokingham. It's an outdoor fitness business, obviously with the focus on improving um, fitness and health. Earlier this year, Heidi made the decision to make Fast Track Fit Camp into a social enterprise and committed to distributing a minimum of 50% of her profits back into community environmental projects. So we talked all about um, what that means, how she's gone about that and what her plans are for the future. My name's Heidi, Heidi Strickland-Clark, and I live in Wokingham, which is in the southeast of Berkshire, and I've been in business for 10 years running outdoor group fitness for adults. It started on the back of being a very tired and exhausted aerobics instructor, so literally sweating for a living, and getting to a point where I was doing about 25 classes a week to make to, to make a living oh and you just goodness. think how am I going to do this in my 40s and my 50s I don't know if this is sustainable and a friend and I at the time saw um, a workshop a three-hour workshop to, to do outdoor fitness where you were not physically having to do it and so that was of all times in November in 2009 and so we set up an outdoor business in 2009 in um, in the middle of the winter we had five people who started with us and um, it's gone on from there. Um, and I still have one of those people with me from day one. So That's amazing. You yeah, still got them. Yeah, it's amazing. So we're outdoor group fitness. And it started off for, for fat loss and weight loss. But actually what we have now is people who use us as their gym. They come to us because they want to feel better in their mind, feel better in their body. And they just want to feel like they're ticking the box that says I've done something for my health. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really good. Um, fun fact, I was born in Workingham. Where are you now? Yeah, most people go, where is that? <laughs> it's the rose between Bracknell and Reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most people go, I don't even know where that is. Do you mean Woking? No, I don't no, mean Woking. No. <laughs> I mean Woking Ham. <laughs> yeah, fun fact. Never been, well, I've been there once or twice since. Anyway. Okay, good. All right. So, um, obviously, yeah, outdoor fitness business. So, it's it's sort of fairly obvious, I guess, what problem you're solving. But is it is it... Is it more than people just wanting to be fit? Is there sort of other things that you see come out of it? Or? Yes, absolutely. I um, So as I said, when we started, it was all about loser clothes size in four weeks. And that was that was the model. Come to us, loser clothes size in four weeks. So it was very much about food and exercise. Um, but it has evolved. And after about three years, I brought my, my business partner out. And what it's now evolved into is, it sounds cliche, but it's a community. 
And we are helping people who hate the gym. They don't want to go and push weight. Mm. They um, they probably don't like, I haven't asked them this, but I think they would be doing it if they did. They probably don't like things like exercise to music because we don't have music. Mm. And they like being outside. So, And what we found is that we're helping people way more in the mental health um, side of things than we ever imagined and for people who don't even realize they've got a mental health problem mm. so i did some research with my clients and asked them why they came to fit camp originally yeah 73 percent of them said for weight loss and then i asked them what they'd got out of it that they weren't expecting and uh 58 of them said improved mental health Wow. Um, so that was huge you know and that was for people who didn't really realize that that was a problem or if they did it it hadn't been their primary driver for coming to us um and we get that within the first few visits you know once you're outside you know what it's like on christmas day you've been stuck inside all day <laughs> go for a walk and you yeah. come back and you feel great yeah it's the same with fit camp you know you don't have to put huge amounts of effort in and think that you need to make yourself feel sick just to feel better from exercise and that's that's what we're doing yeah so, i find that when i'm just you know if you're feeling a bit stressed or you're feeling a bit um you know, overwhelmed with stuff. I, it's not even that I do outdoor fitness, but um, walking the dog every yeah. day. You have to go out, no yeah. matter what. You have to go out, come yeah. rain or shine, yeah. and it makes such difference to your your whole sort of like mental sort of approach to the day. I think. Oh, because completely. Otherwise, you'd just sit there, wouldn't you, doing yeah. nothing? Yeah. I anyway. No, I, I'm the same, and I get to the point now where if I don't go out, I get twitchy. You know, I it, I start yeah. to get a little bit niggly um, and I have to go out every day I have yeah. to, I have to and actually that's true if, if for any reason I've I've you know maybe it's a day when I've had to go to London or something and Rufus uh, the, um, has my dog's gone to doggy daycare and I haven't yeah. had to walk him I, I really miss it and that's just from dog walking so yeah. I can imagine that the outdoor fitness I used to do CrossFit for a bit oh okay yeah I became mildly addicted to that um, so I can imagine it's even more so when you're doing it outside. I'm, trying yeah. to, I'm talking myself into this, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should be doing outdoor fitness. I'm quite clumsy though. So in the winter, I worry that I'm going to I'm going to be the one person that's falling down the little you know the little hole in the in the grass and all of that. So well, yeah. I don't use grass. One of the things I decided when I did this was that I wouldn't ask people to do things that I wouldn't do myself. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to roll around in the mud. You know, that is just not why I don't mind getting a bit grubby, but I don't want to be filthy caked in mud to get back in my car. Yeah. So that most of our stuff is done on hard standing or AstroTurf so that it's clean. Oh, okay. That's yeah. better, actually. And then how's the cool down? And there's more even surface. Yeah, I do worry about that because I know there's some classes near, here, near me that are very well attended. But I'm like, you know, in the middle of winter when it's dark, I will be the person that does my ankle in again. No, no, we, we don't do that. <laughs> Anyway, okay. So, what? So, I think you sort of touched on it at the beginning. But what drove you to start up um, the outdoor fitness thing? Why? You know, you went from aerobics, and but you went straight to yeah. I, well, um, my business. It was my my colleague at the time who we became business partners from this. She had seen this workshop offered where you could you know start start a business in the outdoor and we hadn't it had never crossed our minds I mean we had it had, we'd never spoken about going into business together I think we both got to a point where we just couldn't see how we could sustain an income and yeah. a career where we were just working out all the time and it's you know, when you're in in leisure 
you have to be on your happiest, nicest, smiliest, most motivating every time you're in front of a class. And I'd always said that the day I couldn't stand in front of a group of people and be happy was the day I needed to leave them. Yeah. Um, and so I did teach, physically teach fitness for 10 years. And then I decided to carry on with the business more. So it was about, it was self-preservation. And it was about staying in the industry because neither of us were then employable. You know, we'd been in fitness for so long. We didn't know what we would do in the <laughs> corporate world. Yeah. Um, and so we wanted to stay in the industry without physically beating ourselves into a pulp. Yeah. So you said like 2009, I think you said you started. Yeah. yeah so how has the business evolved in that in that time? What is it still as it was? I'm sure it's not. No, the business model has changed. When we started, it was a, a program where you joined us for four weeks. So four weeks, lose a clothes size. And then we all had a week off. And then we sort of effectively resold the business again. And we did four weeks, lose a clothes size. But we found that many people were joining us every time for another four-week bash. Uh, and that worked, but it, it did become a point where I was having to resell the business every fifth week. You know, we needed to get people in. Yeah. Um, and also my own um, desires to focus on weight loss changed. My, my book is about not weighing yourself. It's about making sure that you are happy in your body for the because you're happy and healthy. Um, and so focusing on weight became less in, important to me. And so we changed the business so that it now runs all year round um, and people, it's a membership scheme that people pay monthly um, and it's much more now about health and well-being. The other way it's changed is that it's just grown. We started off with two venues. We had a a 9.30 in the morning slot and an evening slot um, and now I've got 23 classes a week over seven different locations. Wow. we, we have a mums and babies boot camp as well. And they don't, they're not outside, they're inside. But the, the mums can bring their babies, lay them on the floor next to them and just work out. So they don't have to worry about crash or anything like that. Um, so, yes, it has changed. It has changed a lot. Cool. And what's been the, what's been the highlight, do you think, of, of, of running your own business? I think running my own business. I never, I was, always thought I was... Um, an employee and it, I mean I didn't I haven't always been self-employed um and the thought of running my own business was a bit of a, a challenge so I really I do enjoy that um seeing th- how what people get out of being active seeing those people who really don't think that boot camp is for them coming along and going oh my god this is amazing I like being outside and I like doing press-ups in the park that is always <laughs> a, a great boost um and really how I've let my intuition drive me into how I've evolved the business. So the transition this year to becoming a social enterprise, I just literally woke up with the idea. I I had gone looking to do something different. I I woke up thinking, God, I really need to do something about my impact on the climate challenge. Um, And this is what I'm going to do. So, So, okay. So, so what, tell us about that then. So what's, what's happening with the social enterprise? I, it was on, I can tell you exactly when it was. It was on Good Friday this year. I went to bed having read a blog post from somebody, not in the environment um, arena, but who was concerned about environmental issues. And it made me think that I had no idea what I thought about it. I'd kind of kept it in my boundaries. I hadn't looked at it and I didn't know what my views were. But I did think, what am I going to do about it? Because this is now a crisis. Went to bed, not thinking of anything else. Woke up at four o'clock in the morning thinking, oh, my God, I know exactly what to do. Um, 
and funnily enough had to go out and walk it off so I was outside processing this this idea and I decided that I'd change the business with immediate effect into a social enterprise and the reason being is that as an individual I didn't see how I could have as much impact as I can as a business owner so my my money on my own is not going to do as much good as if I use the, the money from the business and we are in such a state that business needs to be done differently we've got we've got to think differently if we want to make a difference and so I thought I'm going to put my profits to local community projects um and so I have what I'm doing now is changing how fast track fit camp operates and that a minimum of 50 percent of our profits will go to local community environmental um projects or groups and that has even that has changed what i'm going to focus on is four key areas one is tree planting and i'm in contact with the woking and borough council around how we can work with them to do tree planting rewilding so flowers uh-huh. and there's a great company in dorset called bee bombs and they supply british seeds for um, bringing bees and pollinators back so we're selling those and giving those away and doing lots of stuff with bee bombs um we're doing community stuff so we did um our first community litter pick yesterday um on one of the sites that we use so we're using the, the, the venues that we use we thought we'd do a litter pick and it was we were staggered actually at how much we got in half an hour it was quite amazing and then also food waste did you know that food waste is the third biggest provider of carbon emissions i didn't know that no and given that my biggest one of my biggest drivers is around eating eating your health you know you can really help your health with what you eat and choosing local choosing the best quality i thought that i could really help people by showing them how to use every bit of food they buy rather than throwing it away because in wokingham in april we've got now the food recycling buckets for um, the recycling bins which is great and they're using it for power but there's still people throwing food away that we don't need to throw away and if we just know how we can use it better it will save us money it will save the environment and it's a win-win that's amazing that you're doing that. I mean, I know, I know that you'd said to me that you were turning it into a social enterprise and I, and I didn't really know much more than that. Yeah. So I think that's so good that you're linking not only um, so you, uh, uh, the, the linkage around the food and, and looking after the spaces that you're in as well yeah. is so fabulous because you're wanting to make sure that not only are you working out sort of keeping people healthy, but you're keeping the environment you're using healthy yeah. as well. I've, I've also got the opinion that if if I if I do what I do best, which is helping people but do healthy, then and they are then healthy, they can go and do what then floats their boat. So if I've got people, I've got clients who've got charities in Kenya, I've got clients who support the Epilepsy Society. If they are healthy because of what I've done, they can go and do more for those people. So it's not about everybody supporting the environment. We all go and do our bit, you know, and then you've got a much you've got a much much more excitable and healthy um, volunteer sector, I think, if, if you look after yourself first. The other thing I'm doing is I looked at how we as a business impact the environment. Because we're outside, we know we're pretty carbon neutral, apart from people getting there. But we do use a lot of training shoes, so a lot of trainers. And one of the things I'm now doing, I've got them outside my house, is, is two um, trainer recycling bins. So we're taking old shoes and we're sending them off to be recycled or repurposed. And we've sent two, 
two bin bags already of shoes and I've got another one and a half bags already being collected because most of the shoes we wear and get rid of have got loads of life left in them that's because we don't want them anymore doesn't mean that they can't be used and so they they're being repurposed and if they're really buggered then they can be broken down and recycled that's amazing so is that can anyone just like drop them off for you yeah you've got them sitting outside your house yeah and so i'm trying to get a bin a plate a proper you know like a recycling bin placed yeah. in wokingham but finding someone who'll take it is proving to be a little bit tricky so at the moment i've got two two proper bins at my house that people can come and just dump their trainers in oh fantastic so have you had any uh, what, what's been the feedback from your Fit camp clients on this. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I think they're used to me coming up with wacky ideas. <laughs> <laughs> they go, oh, she's off again. But um, no, they've been great. They've been very supportive, and well, having that two bags of trainers is already proving to be a success. But yeah, no, they've been they've been great, and um, they get that we need to make a difference, and so they are getting involved. So I had people picking litter with me yesterday, and. As I say, people dumping trainers off and people buying bee bombs and chucking wildflower seeds over their garden and people giving me contacts for the council for these trees and things. So no, it's been it's been great. That's really good. I just planted some lavender in my garden oh, yeah. and I uh, can't believe I knew that it was a bee magnet, if you like, mm. but I can't quite believe how quickly the bees have arrived yeah. because it's only been in like a week week and a half yeah, I love and it. it's amazing it's yeah. so good to see them so um i'm going to check the bee bombs out actually then because i could get a few more flowers in my oh garden. yeah there's great and it's all there's no plastic involved with them at all they're a dorset company and um it's very important with seeds if you're going to do rewilding that you use British seeds because if we're bringing in international seeds then there's a risk of disease and what kind of thing so mm-hmm. Um, bee bombs is all British um, seeds and they're clean and you can just they're like little pellets and you just chuck them on your garden you don't need to plant them you just chuck them and it's done so have you got like so obviously there's been quite a few changes this year to your business oh yeah just since um, April I guess yeah it was April so what so obviously you've seen some changes already in in how you're feeling about the business I guess but what's next? What have you What have you got on the plan and the horizon? Because I'm pretty certain, Heidi, that you've got like grand plans. Somewhere. Oh God, you've you've worked that out already, have you? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, the, what's I the have ultimate to... goal? I guess you know, if you in five years' time, you could look back and say that was I the want, turning point. Oh, and... I want I want fit camp trees in Wokingham. Absolutely, I want fit camp trees in Wokingham. I want people when people joined fit camp and i'm this hasn't been announced yet but by the time this goes out it will have been yeah joining fit camp i'm going to plant a tree in their name so everyone who joins fit camp will will get a tree isn't that going to be amazing can you imagine having your own tree i just think it's fantastic i do so if i had a little a little copse of fit camp trees i would feel i'd feel complete um that and flowers, wildflowers. I'm just going to, I'm going to be like um, a stealth bomber of, of seeds and just chuck them randomly. And I've, when I walk past them, I'm going to go, they're mine. I put those there. That's the you kind of what? thing I want. I was walking past our local Asda the other day. Yeah. And they had this, um, they had this bed, um, what well, was a flower bed. 
And they have put down, I'm so appalled, they have put down this very highly, can only imagine it's toxic, plasticky, looks a bit like bark, but isn't, it's plastic. And oh, they, yeah, I know the stuff you mean, yeah. They've basically sealed the ground in. And yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine, was saying all they needed to do there was plant loads of wildflowers. Yes. And, I know. and it's it's things like that as well, where small businesses like yours are going to hopefully start to impact on what those bigger businesses do. Because, I mean, there's no way they should have done that. No. And I'd love to walk past there every day and go, they're my flowers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that will be me. I will be that lady going, oh, do you know they're mine? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So there's, so there's that going on. I mean, I have other plans for other other areas but that in terms of the social enterprise flowers and trees and actually counting how many bags of trainers that we that we can repurpose when you think of it that's a hell of a lot of shoes that would otherwise be in landfill so where do they go where do the trainers go they either go abroad if they've really got some good value in they there's a company called um united shoe recycling and so they yeah. pick them up and they they repurpose them and i think that if they're really knackered they would they recycle them but not, not one pair yet i've had could not be used by somebody yeah really and somebody sent me a picture the other day of of someone not from what we've done but someone receiving a pair of shoes in botswana she'd never had shoes in her life this is not a, a, a adult lady and yeah, this was a pair of scummy old trainers that somebody here had probably just got rid of, but she was so happy with them. That, that's great. That's great. So you're starting to get lots of highlights in your business, aren't oh, you? God. Every time you receive one of those pictures or you yeah. see the trees or you see the, the flowers, you're literally going to, your business year is going to be like one long highlight, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I've, I've been linking with local um food suppliers and um, food producers and asking them for their best recipes for me to use. On, I've got a blog called Waste Not Wednesday and that's where my recipe is for the food waste. So every Wednesday I put a new recipe up about if you've got this leftover, you can do this with it. Um, and I'm linking with food providers and producers too um, as to, you know, for some more ideas. Um, so, yeah, it's every week there's something that I can look forward to because I can report about it. I do a weekly newsletter to my to my list and I put on there what we've done, what's happening so far. So, I, you know, that's that's partly for my own benefit as well. I want to see that what we're doing yeah. is making a difference, but also for them because uh, everybody gets involved in some way. Not everybody's getting involved in all of it, but they can see what we're doing and how many B-bombs we've sold, how many trainers we've got rid of, how many bags of rubbish we've collected. I mean, it's... That's good stuff. And do you think it's having a positive impact on your business as well? I think it's too soon to say. Yeah. Um, I think it's too soon to say. Although I decided to change it in April, I didn't announce it till June. So I wanted to find out what any oh, right. so, legal, yeah. legal stuff I needed to do and if, what changes I needed to make. Um, so it's, it's filtering through slowly. And it's one of those things that I think will evolve. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay. So you've been in business for... 10 years well more than that probably but well I've been I've been self-employed for over that but this business will have been 10 years old in November so what advice would you give to somebody starting a business and maybe starting a business with another bigger meaning and and purpose behind it oh I don't know because I didn't have that when I started so I mine really has been an evolution what I would say is actually don't think you need to have that 
to get started. Yeah. If you're waiting for that, you'll be waiting forever. I didn't go looking for this idea. It's come to me and it's come to me 10 years down the line. And there's been times over the past 10 years when I could quite easily have given it all up. So I would say um, don't don't wait, actually, to start your business. Just just start. Yeah. And I know everything. And I'm a big believer that things kind of come to you when A, you need them, but B, at the right time, yes. you know, yeah, um, yeah. because and also when you're starting a business, it's such a um, it's such a big thing to do and becomes all consuming. Yeah. But, that maybe at the time you couldn't have done all of those extra things as well because you were so busy trying to get clients and build the business that actually yeah. you've got to wait a little bit in order to do that. Absolutely. And you, never, you don't know what you don't know. You know, there's yeah. so much stuff I have to do now that I never even knew I was going to need to know to do. Um, social media, I didn't have a Facebook account until I had the business. So, I mean, and now my clients would say, really, you're on Facebook all the time, but it's become such a big part of what I do because that's where a lot of my clients are. Yeah. But it has, be- you know, it has become part of my world, but um, man, there's so much stuff you don't know. And there's so much stuff I still don't know what I don't know. You know, so yeah. it's, um, it's, it's always changing. And that's one thing I would say to people is you're never done. You never don't ever get to a point in your business where you think, ah, oh, I've nailed it. I've got the clients coming in steady. And it never is something that will come along and take you sideways and you'll go, oh, God, I've got to start again. Um, yeah. You're always, you're always on it. Okay. Okay. So are there um, any resources or people or, I don't know, books or anything that, have, that you've read or met or done that have really helped you on your journey, do you think? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm a big reader. So the, I came across Daniel Priestley's KPI many years before I, I signed up and did his course, but the, sowing the seed about how you can influence people in many different areas was very important. And I was blogging long before I published my book, and I think that really helped. I, I really do like writing. So that's been an easy platform for me to do. And his book, KPI, was uh, was great for that. Another book that changed my business life um, is a book by an American called Mike Michalowicz, and he wrote a book called Profit First. It's oh, yeah, I've heard of that, yeah. It is it, honestly, it changed my business life. Um, and I would highly recommend that. That would be one thing I would say to anybody starting out in business. Don't wait to get that in place. Just start it from day one because it changes how you view your money and how, and how you're doing. Um, if, I only, if I only was going to recommend one book for business, it would be Mike's. Okay, that's a strong recommendation. Yeah. I have I've spoken to a couple of people recently and they've all recommended that as well. So I think it's, I better get that one. It's a great book and he's funny and his other books are great too. And his the pumpkin plan is also equally good. But profit first for me was was life changing. And why was it so life changing? Did you know it's so I describe it as head slappingly simple. You go, why the hell didn't I work this out for myself? But you haven't, and now you know, and you can just do it. You don't have to think. You you can just switch it on straight away and start seeing the rewards immediately. Um, he, having written the book, I he's been. It's very clever how easy he makes it for you. Okay, how easy he makes it for you to do it. All right. Well, there you go. Top tip from Heidi: yeah. read profit, read and implement. Read and implement yeah. profit first. Yeah. Um, 
And is there anything that you wish you'd known at the start that you know now? No, because I'd never have done it. <laughs> no. You'd still be the aerobics instructor or you would somehow... I'd have gone back, I'd have gone back to corporate. Yeah. 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 When I look back at what I've done, I mean, I'm really pleased with it and proud of it. And it's, but it's been hard work. It's been a slog. And I'm in the leisure industry. So the it's weekends, it's evenings, it's early mornings. Um, and I think if I'd looked at all that in ahead of me, I'd have gone, no way, no way am I doing that. But I bloody love it. I really do. Well, that's kind of like, we can't really ask any more than that. Can you? (laughs) Not really. So uh, any plans to do anything else other than, um, you know, obviously all the stuff you're doing with the social enterprise or is that, is that enough for now? No, I've got another great big project I want to work on, which is once again to do with my local um, community. We have um, Wokingham, as you may well be aware if you remember, is is an affluent area. It frequently gets um, mentioned as being one of the top places to live in the UK. We have a lot of gyms. We have a lot of um, there's a lot of wealth here. We know we're in commuter belts. So people can go to London, but what we do see a lot of is trouble with people accessing GP services and a lot of the time it's because they're the worried well you know they are uh, the people who are kind of googling problems and then going in because they think they've got something wrong with them when a lot of the time and this is not meant to be stereotypical anyway but a lot of the time lifestyle changes would make a difference so if they did exercise a, a bit more they did get to a bit more sleep they did drink more water they did eat better these problems wouldn't be there and it would ease the congestion in the local surgeries. So I have a project whereby I want to bring together anybody who's in my industry in the area. So, so fitness instructors and personal trainers, because we have a wealth of information that yeah. is not being resourced by as many people as we could do by um, GPs and um, then the local community. So what I want to be able to do is to provide this platform that GPs can say to their, their patients, what, you need to go and speak to these people at this hub. Go and speak to these people and they will help you just to, to establish a better lifestyle and try and reduce waiting times, reduce prescription um, levels and or dosages so we get healthier, a healthier community. Um, and that's is kind of where I'm at. I've got a platform that I can deliver it from. I've got contacts for the fitness instructors. My current issue, and it's it's there, but it's just slow, is getting the GPs on board. So yeah. I've got that in hand. They, I think they're up for it. I just need to get in front of them. Well, that sounds, um, yeah, that sounds like a challenge that like every uh, doctor's surgery or area's got, yeah. I guess. So yeah. I think that if you can get that working well, that's probably a model that you can you know anywhere in the country yeah work well for yeah I mean and it's not I'm not saying that people aren't ill there are some people who are ill and need the GPs but there are a lot of people who just with a little bit of information because I see it come these people come through our business yeah oh god I felt I felt like crap and now I feel much better yeah that's brilliant okay I don't think I've got any other questions it sounds so good. I can't believe that you've done all that with the with the um, the social enterprise. Um, it's fascinating that you've managed to sort of get, you, you woke up and then you was like, right, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, it was. It was like I channeled it. 
you manifest it? I, I, I think I must have done, because honestly, I did not go asking for this. <laughs> Isn't that funny, though? Because, yeah. and, and that's what I mean, that probably if you, sometimes if you try and have something with a bigger purpose at the outset, maybe, yeah, you might, you're right. You, maybe you don't, you don't make a success of either thing, so you've got to yeah. wait until the time is right. Yeah, yeah, and then it comes to you. You must be super busy, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am. But you seem to be sort of thriving on it, I think. I love it. I, I do love it. I, when I meet people at networking events, they say, oh, you're always so busy. I don't feel busy. I've got a lot going on. Because I, you love it. I do. I, there is a lot going on. There's a lot of balls I'm juggling. But I um, no, it's it, it, it serves me in many different ways. And do you still take all the classes? Or do you have people that do them now? No, we've got five part-time um instructors who help me with that I do do some of them um and we don't physically do it you know we are coaching and timing right yeah so we're not we're not it's not putting any toll on our bodies um um but I I, so I do do some and then I've got others who help me as well and I do the, the back back office stuff as well I've got a lady who supports me in the in the office as well oh, brilliant Okay, cool. All right, well, thank you. I look, I'm going to look with interest on, on your social media and oh, great. what's happening. Okay. Um, brilliant. All right, thanks, Heidi. Thank you very much. Have a good one. All right, bye. See you, bye. bye. Well, how good was that talk with Heidi? I mean, I think what it shows is no matter the size of your business, whether it's one person or whether it's a thousand people, there's something that we can all do to give back to the community. And I think the examples that um, Heidi's shown us in terms of the wildflowers, um, I, I just love that idea um, so much so. And I think think you heard that I really I really want to look into that with my local council and see about how we can also do that here in Portsmouth so that's it for this week from business is good um thanks for tuning in and see you soon <laughs>